Hi, I'm Tony Russo, and this is A Bagel Manifesto, where I share stories about coming to terms with belief, culture, and the profound sense of loss that nobody really cares about bagels anymore. This week, I want to talk about why I've been gone so long and finding meaning in writing again. Let's get into it. I hate to start with apologies and excuses, but it has been just about three months and an explanation is in order. Back in May or in April, I started having trouble finding work as a freelancer and decided to lay off freelancing and get a straight job. And it turned out to be a lot harder than I expected. Before the pandemic, I was in the minority of people who could confidently function working from home, having done that for the past decade or so. Obviously, that changed once the rest of the world spent 18 months working from home, which made finding a job I wanted, could be good at, paid well, and didn't require me to put on pants a lot more difficult than it had been even a year before. There is nothing about going to an office that appeals to me. Even the few work friends I cultivated are now virtual anyway. Many of these are good people. Some of them may be you. Still, in my experience, the office world is 90% petty assholes pointlessly blathering while striving to do as little as possible. Mostly, I just want to write my kooky stories and be left alone. I've never interviewed for a job and not gotten an offer. In fact, I've never had to apply for multiple jobs over any extended period of time. I've been fortunate that way for the 35 years I've been working, but this year I had a double whammy and it sent me to a darkish place. The first whammy was the disappointing performance of Dragged Into the Light. I wrote about it back in April, how I struggled in the aftermath of publishing and couldn't really bring myself to write anymore. I honestly hadn't written anything long-form worth reading in almost two months by then. I'd retreated back into writing book reviews because they're fun and you get to siphon off someone else's creative energy. The second whammy was the fact that employers weren't stumbling over one another to offer me jobs. I'd been very selective in late 21 and early 22, applying only for things I was perfect for, and I didn't even get a bite. I'm not going to lie. The inclusive hiring policies disclaimer at the end of every submission form or application process started to wear on me after a while. Following every lengthy auto Q&A, I had to affirm that I wasn't gay, black, trans, a woman, disabled, a veteran, a disabled gay, black veteran, etc. I started to take it personally, for a little while anyway. When you're down, it's convenient to lay off a crisis of confidence on the world and the culture rather than to face your own inadequacies and foibles. Fortunately, self-awareness is among my vanities. I try to be cognizant of my cultural privilege because I'd rather be a jerk on purpose than by accident. That said, I'm in my 50s and never had a full understanding of how unnerving and demoralizing it is to wonder whether you weren't hired for who you were rather than for a lack of skill. I always knew and was properly outraged by the fact that most people deal with this ambiguity all the time. It was a new experience for me, though, and realizing that it was only fair was poor comfort. I've written before that ignorance is fine as long as you don't cling to it. Stupid people cling to ignorance as their right to never have to change. I don't mind discovering that I've been ignorant because I know there's a cure. Fortunately, that's as far as it went mostly because excuses and blaming are loser talk, easy rationalizations that failures whisper to themselves. To be clear, I don't believe for a second, okay, a minute, that I was sorted into an old white guy pile. There is no old white guy pile. 
there's probably a pile of people unlikely to say anything new and another pile of people who haven't demonstrated that they have anything interesting to say. If I ended up in those piles, though, that was on me. While I'll admit that there are occasional geniuses who go unrecognized in their lifetimes, they're so rare as to approach being fictional, and I'm not one of them. If people don't get me or my writing, it's only because I'm not doing a good enough job. It absolutely is possible that every company that needs professional writers has a post-it up that says, don't hire old white guys. What I figured was more likely, though, was that my tone and approach were all wrong. My cover letters very likely had arrogance issues, as if I were writing to correct an oversight, essentially saying, I see you're looking for a managing editor. Clearly, you were unaware that I was in the market for a job. I can start whenever. I'd started writing about this experience, trying to pull apart the realization that I had to try harder and be more humble when alleged fiction mill owner James Patterson made his tearful complaint about racism against old white guys. What's that all about? Patterson mused. Can you get a job? Yes. Is it harder? Yes. It's even harder for older writers. You don't meet many 52-year-old white males. Jesus fuck. I guess that's what happens when you're used to having people make your general ideas take form. Worse, though, it colored the essay I thought I wanted to write in a way that I couldn't recover from. One of my great difficulties is that I don't want to sound like other banal reactionaries. I never want to jump into the fray and rehash basic and obvious arguments that whatever the two sides that have formed around a topic have already outlined. After having found something of my own I thought I could write about, this oaf comes stumbling in like a drunk uncle at Thanksgiving, drawing a fictional line over which the two sides are expected to shout at one another. I kind of owe him, though, especially as one of the eponymous 52-year-old white males he was lamenting. It was jarring to hear how pathetic those worries sounded out loud, how whiny, especially as I struggled to find a way to describe how easy it was to blame the world for changing rather than doubling down and working harder. I already had changed my cover letters in tone and in tenor and, as a result, slipped easily back into my old persona, competent and also confident, as opposed to the reverse. By the time Twitter turned on old James, I had three job offers and took the one that appealed to me as a long-term position. On top of that, my book had taken silver for true crime in the Ippy Awards, and I wrote about that. You can check it out in the show notes if you'd like. And my audiobook had a nice, if unexpected, sales bump. Even as I talk about validation being secondary, it's important to admit I've been paralyzed since June. I used to think my greatest fear was not saying something when it needed to be said. As it turned out, yowling like a wounded animal because I can't understand cultural change is a close second. The idea of being ignorant of my own ridiculousness haunts me, which is good to a point. I used to have a knack for overcoming that fear and didn't even notice that it had faded. Every story idea seemed more pointless than the last. I even had stopped writing personal letters, which I think of as the height of owning my own ridiculousness. There is still some of that, though, like a fog I have to account for before I sit down to write. I have started sitting down again, though. I mailed out three months' worth of birthday letters and wrote the first new thousand words in my new book that I've managed since April. Over the coming weeks, I'll be talking about all the things I couldn't find the energy to talk about. My COVID summer vacation, the death of local journalism, how little movie theaters really matter to us. I've even been thinking about writing one last Del Mar politics story. You know, all those happy and mundane topics that attract me. As I mentioned, I got a sweet new gig. 
Uh, it's covering the funeral industry for a company that's kind of the name in death care press. Uh, death care isn't even the coolest piece of jargon I've learned so far. There are so many deep, rich topics in an industry that's ripe for radical change. A lot of what I'm writing is pretty inside baseball and subscription only, but I'll throw a couple of cool facts in the newsletter occasionally, so if you're not subscribed to that, I would love it if you were. Other than that, keep the faith. So, what do you think? Even though I've been the only one talking for a while, I'd love to get your impression. You can shoot me an email at bytonyrusso at gmail.com. If you want to send along a voice memo, I'd be happy to replay it and comment on it. If you'd like to support this show, consider signing up for the newsletter at abagelmanifesto.com or buying a copy of my book, Dragged into the Light, Truthers, Reptilians, Super Soldiers, and Death Inside an Online Cult. You can get it anywhere you get books, and also, you can get an audio version anywhere you get audio versions. I've been fading away from social media, although I do have accounts at by Tony Russo on Twitter and Instagram and all of those things. The best way to reach me, though, is by email or through bagelmanifesto.com. That's it. I'll be back sooner than you think and not as soon as I want. <laughs>